here's the snap, four-man rush, firing downfield, and got a man, rock and roll, touchdown, Texans! Game day is every day. Yeah, nice ball, nice ball. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. There's a sack. Wow, he's bringing down the quarterback. Now, it's Texans All Access. Welcome into Texans All Access on a Tuesday. It's week 17. The Texans are coming off back-to-back wins. They're headed to San Francisco for the final road game of the 2021 season. Welcome in. I'm DP Sidhu along with Mark Vandermeer once again. Just wrapped up an hour with Mr. Tavier Thomas, Mr. Pick Six. Hopefully he can get some of that going on the road too, Mark. Oh, my gosh. Would that, that would be, be great? San Francisco picking off Trey Lance maybe, huh? And then you could say, Happy New Year. Oh, I could. I could go all <laughs> holidays all the time. You know, if we had spring football, it could be like Arbor Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day. You could have a Happy New Year call at the I rate could. that things are going with this defense and this offense. Yeah, the way been playing. I, look, that was that was really exhilarating, right? Pick six for a TD. Tavier, what a great guy. You know what struck me? I don't know what struck you. I'll tell you what struck me. What struck you? He's childhood friends with Des King. Mm-hmm. He and Jonathan Owens are boys. I think there's a lot of closeness back there on that back end with these guys who have really, you know, earned their spot. They've earned this opportunity, and they're making the most of it. I mean, Des King was a all-pro guy, but he's obviously trying to work his way back to that status, and I like it. I like what I'm seeing out of those guys right now. I don't know where it takes us eventually, but I like winning late in the season. I think it does set the tone for whoever is going to be around here and shows everybody that what they're doing is slowly starting to work here. It's a slow build process, but hey, I'll take these wins right now. I'm enjoying them. I mean, Davis Mills, I had a chance to catch up with him last week for the deep slant. That was even before this Chargers performance. Just based on the Jags performance alone, he was getting so much national attention for how he'd been playing. And I feel like, you know, when people say, oh, you want to lose out, you want to get the top pick. I think that seeing not only the Texans win, but the way in which they've won and with the performance that Mills has put up in the past two weeks. I mean, you learn a lot about your team and it sets you up for the draft and the offseason because you've got so many positions of need, but it's kind of nice to see what you've got in your rookie quarterback because he's winning some games here and you're seeing progress made from when he played earlier in the year to now. And I feel like that gives you a lot of hope and a lot of optimism moving forward, especially now next this this coming off season when you get all your draft picks back. How much better does he look now from when he first got in there? Right? Oh, a ton. Tremendous. You saw flashes. Look, even Cleveland threw a touchdown pass. Right? Threw a touchdown pass in the Thursday night game against Carolina, but you didn't get the kind of consistency you're seeking, and you're getting it now. You're getting this complete game start, start to finish production in these last two games. Now he had the blemish against the Jags, but look, whatever. And they won the game. And he overcame that by throwing a touchdown pass later to get them going. And the defense against the Jags held them to three after that pick. Now, against the Chargers, no turnovers. And this is a team that turns the ball over. Now, they didn't have Bosa, who's their top strip sacker, right? Bosa gets the ball out. But, you know, my whole thing, and I said it during the show, you know, they didn't have Joey Bosa. Either did the Texans. (laughs) We didn't have a Joey Bosa to lose. (laughs) Right, exactly. So, look. Look at all the players the Texans did not have in that game. I just think it's uh, it speaks highly of the coaches, of the players, everything. And during COVID, where you're meeting on Zoom, like, hi, how do you do? We're playing football today today together. I mean, we went from, I remember just checking my phone all weekend, and I was telling Drew Doherty this. I went for a run on Christmas Day at Memorial Park. I don't know why my husband talked me into it. And as we're running, I have my work phone with me because it's got my 
it's hooked up to my AirPods, mm-hmm. and it started dinging. I started getting text messages, and I was panicking Uh-oh. while I was running because I don't want to look at my phone. But I thought, what if they cancel the game on Sunday? Because that was kind of, I mean, I know David Coley said we are playing on Sunday, but I was a, I was very worried about the possibility that the game would get moved right uh, to another day. Maybe not canceled, but moved to another day, just because of all the COVID cases. And I thought if you get one or two more. And you don't get guys back, that could be the tipping point. When he said we're playing Sunday, I figured that that meant there were no more players to test who had been exposed to the ones who tested positive or however they would do it, that they felt good about it, right? And that everyone who – there was no symptomatic players on Friday. So unless somebody came in symptomatic on Saturday and tested positive – That could happen, though. That could have happened. happened. But they felt confident. Everybody was symptom-free Friday – Nobody else needed to test to test out or nobody else significant, right? Like quarterbacks or things like that or no more D linemen. My gosh. And he sounded confident and he was right. They played the game on Sunday. Now, this week, DP, look around the league. It is COVID oh, roulette. <laughs> you it, you just don't want it to land on your number, you know? It's already landed, I feel like. The majority, I mean, we've had so many players. I know, I know there's still players that could get COVID that you don't want, you want, you don't want, to lose any more guys to COVID, mm-hmm. obviously. But when David Culley said we are we are playing on Sunday, I took it differently. I took it like he was willing it into the like he was just speaking it into existence. Yeah, right. He was speaking his you know it, it was it was going to become a, a reality. He was just speaking it out mm-hmm. there. That's how I took it. I thought, yeah, we all want to play this game on Sunday. We don't want it to get moved. We want it, we don't want it to get pushed. You don't want a short week heading into a game where you're traveling to the West Coast. You just want to play this game on Sunday because you're ready for it. So. That being said, not only did they play the game, they I mean, they came out in a huge upset over the Chargers. And I don't need, I, I mean, I don't know if anyone had picked the Texans to even come close to come close in a loss to the Chargers, let alone upsetting them and dominating them in the performance that they had. You know, it's funny because I I didn't know what to expect. I didn't expect that, okay? Just to be perfectly honest. I was so so pleasantly shocked about it because when you get guys like Chris Smith back-to-back weeks making plays like he did, when you get Michael Dwumfor, and I had the call ready that the <laughs> offensive line is Dwumfounded by Michael Dwumfor. <laughs> did you, did you I say didn't, it? I didn't use it, but maybe this it. Sunday I get to use it. I don't know. But <laughs> I just thought, my gosh, these guys are making plays. You know, Jonathan Owens gets a pick and a fumble recovery. Jonathan Owens never started a game until the previous week. Right. And I think it speaks to the fact that, like I said, those guys are taking the – chance they're making the most of their opportunities here and the coaching staff got them ready you know they were able to practice together they were able to bond together during the week and I think a lot of it is Mills playing better okay and the fact that they can run the ball I don't know how they can run the ball with those guys how did they run with, I don't with know. the O-line I mean I, 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 the O-line, I got a theory I got a theory you got a theory well here's part of it I think Jimmy Morrissey is having the same thing that Mills had in a very different way for a center. Rookie who plays, sits, plays again. Plays better. Saw some things, plays better, okay? And look, I haven't graded out the offensive lineman. I'm incapable of that, just to be perfectly honest. But what you got out of Colt Toner, he's played football before. You know, uh, Jaron Christian had played, sat, played. I can't remember the sequence. No, he didn't start the season, obviously. But he sat down again after Titus went back out to left tackle. He's back in the fold against Jacksonville. Bang, bang, bang. Two wins in a row. Not because Titus is out, but because he's making the most of his opportunity. So I think that that has something to do with it. You know, And these guys came in fresh, hungry, 
and the Chargers, I do believe, you know, the dings in their armor, in in their, you know, fenders, no Eckler, no Bosa, no Williams, those are big-time players for them. I get it. But they have their quarterback. But the Texans were without Brandon Cooks. They were without Titus Howard. Brandon Cooks is the best player on the Texans. Without John Grenard. Best, I mean, best. you could say best offensive, best defensive player, and, oh, the rest of the D-line. <laughs> your leading tackler, because mm-hmm. he was whatever, uh, your leading sack artist mm-hmm. in Jonathan Grenard, your leading TFL guy in Kamu Grugier-Hill right. not playing, your leading special teams tackler not playing. All right? All of that, out. All of them out. Leading receiver, out. Okay, and the offensive line, like we talked about. So, you know, you're playing with a rookie quarterback, and he's hooking up with rookie receiver Nico Collins for a dagger touchdown. He's hooking up with Brevin Jordan for four catches. Nobody has more than four receptions. He spreads the ball around. There's no cooks. Nobody gets ten targets here. He's spreading the ball around beautifully. Now, there were some really opportunistic throws. He executed. The throw to Conley was dropped Mm -hmm. in a Bucket, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Chris Moore had one of the best catches of the that season. That leaping catch was yeah. tremendous. So tremendous you had record. all of that going for you, but credit the Texans. They made the plays. The Chargers clearly did not, and you got out of there with the win. All right, let's get into some hot reads, and let's keep it going with Davis Mills. All right, he's now passed for over 2,200 yards, joining David Carr in 2002 as the only rookie quarterbacks to eclipse 2,000 passing yards mills was 21 of 27 for 254 yards two touchdowns 130.6 passer rating it was the second highest rating of his career and you know mark that it made me think about when tyrod taylor came back the second time then he got benched Mm -hmm. and you know it was it was going to be dave davis mills again the starter and i remember it was david cully tim kelly a few different coaches had said we saw flashes of what he could be in that patriots game you know, and he'd only had that one really great performance, you could say, and even that was in a loss against uh, the Patriots. And they said, we saw some stuff in that game that made us think, you know, he could give us the best chance of win, the best chance to win here late in the season. And I think that now, looking back, like I see what they're, what they're talking about because he's playing more like that and less like the other games where the Texans got shut out on the road. I mean, those road losses were rough there in the middle of the season. They were. They were. But and, now, look, and now you come back and you've won back-to-back road games. You have. One of them was with Taylor. Okay. One of them was with Taylor, and then the other one in Jacksonville. With Mills and Mills last week, and this is a big opportunity for Mills. You're playing a team that's really desperate to win, right? They just lost to Tennessee. Uh, they have a much better defense. That's the other thing. Last three defenses you've faced are all bottom half of the league-type defenses. Now you're facing – top half of the league defense and top five in some categories. So the Niners play defense better. Now the Titans were able to move the ball against them. That's the Titans with A.J. Brown back. No Derrick Henry, but they got yard production on the ground. Hey, maybe the Texans found something. Maybe Burkhead gets some on the ground. What you don't want to see here is regression. You don't Look, I'm not expecting Burkhead to get a buck 49 again. I'll take it, but I'm not expecting it. Uh, Mills... Just don't have a worse game uh, than, well, I mean, even if he has a worse game, you can still win. I don't want to get into stats and everything, DP, but you just don't want to see what they were, you know, when they played the Colts here, the Colts there. You don't want to see that kind right. of performance again. You want to see, you know, a hotly contested game and maybe down to the wire. And if you lose, you lose, but at least you played strong on the road and gave the 49ers a big challenge. But look, I'm hungry now. I'm greedy. I'm hungry. 
I think the players are. I think they got a taste of it now, and they're going to yeah. go out there guns blazing. If they don't have the undivided attention of the Niners, shame on San Francisco because the Chargers should have seen it. They played Thursday night, and then they got to watch the Texans and the Chargers play. I mean, the Texans and the Jaguars play. So I'm talking about the Chargers. They played a Thursday night prior to the Texans-Jags game. So they knew what happened. Oh, and the, the Texans. And the 49ers also played on Thursday night, right. so they should and, have also watched. Well, they, they'll definitely learn from this. You know, as far as the Chargers go, they probably thought, now oh, the Texans beat the Jags, so what? But you can't think that way, and you can't feel that way, and it just proves time and time again, it's proven time and time again how anything can happen in the NFL, and you just better be ready every single week and never count your chances out or an opponent out. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who is in the starting lineup, who is not playing in the game. It's any given Sunday. Any team can win. And, I mean, we've seen it time and time again when, a, when you're facing a team and they've got this starter out or that starter out, and they still bring it. And I felt like this time it was the Texans who really came to play. Like, that defense, the way Tavier described how they were talking before the game and before that touchdown, before that pick six, how they wanted to get in the end zone, they were just so hungry to score and get in the end zone. Like, these guys have something to prove. Maybe the rest of the world thinks the Texans don't have anything to prove now because they're already eliminated from the playoffs. But these guys felt like they had something to prove. Jonathan Owens, I was writing a story about him getting his first career interception, and I literally had just published, or it had just gotten published, when he gets his first career uh, fumble recovery. Mm -hmm. Two takeaways in one game. I mean, these sort of performances from two, like Tavier says, D2 guys, undrafted, it's spectacular. Guys are really stepping up, and I think a lot of guys who wouldn't have had an opportunity to play because of because of their starters uh, in those roles are getting a chance to play because of COVID. So it is a little bit of a blessing in disguise because you get to see the depth that you have on this team, mm-hmm. and you get to try out guys and see how who you might want to bring back, who you might want to bring back for next year. Well, think about this. You have a 90-man roster to set up, right? So – you're going to bring a lot of these guys back, I think. I mean, I'm not saying the bulk. I'm not saying everybody necessarily. But you're going to bring a bunch of these guys back. you got a great chance to look at them. Uh, they know you. They know your routine. They know your building. They know the whole environment here. And I think the ones you do bring back, that's a good little marriage here. Now, maybe they don't even make the team when it comes to the final 53 after training camp, preseason games, whatever, because – you are going to draft a bunch of players. And if you make the big trade coming up that we all anticipate, but again, a lot of things have to happen before that, you're going to have even more draft mm-hmm. picks. And who knows how Nick handles that with the draft and the trades and everything. And undrafted free agents, which you really didn't do last year because you just didn't have the opportunity or you felt like, let's just go with the veterans and everything. I think it'll be really interesting to see how they put it together for next year. Of course, we'll be following that all off season long. But I'm here for these final two games, man. Let's have some fun. I think the team, you know, they know the record is no good. So what? They're over that already. They've been over that for weeks. It's they're been just, established, right? They're just playing football right now. Like I've said all along, once they started to get into this mode, I said just make every week a bowl game. And, every, you know, we always talk about one week is one season. You know, mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien talked about that. But make every week a bowl game and see if you can win that bowl and have a good time with it. And they've had a good time the last couple of weeks. Listen, we're going to have a lot of fun covering the draft in the offseason. I am actually really looking forward to the draft and watching some of these college bowl games and seeing some of the prospects. But in the meantime, you're right. Like It is fun to watch some, some NFL football, watch the Texans win, see some, some bright young players really step out. And, and make some, you know, have some career milestones. Like, it was great talking to Tavier and seeing where he where he began and to where he is now and how proud he is of 
this defense and what they've been able to accomplish so far. I mean, it's, it's just a state. It's a feel good story. I love a good feel good story. All right. More news. The Texans placed two more players on the reserve COVID list on Monday, Neville Hewitt and David Johnson. They also placed fullback Paul Questenberry on the practice squad COVID list, which now it just seems like every day more players on the COVID list. Um, but, you know, it's just it, what what I'm really waiting for, Mark, is to see who comes off of that. We've got so many players on the COVID list yes. that should be coming off soon. Right. And we'll know more about that Wednesday yes. when the players are practicing and to see who's out there. If you see guys out there, that's definitely a good sign. And I anticipate seeing a lot of guys back out there. The guys who missed the Jacksonville game. You those would think guys a bunch of those guys are ready should to be. come back. John Grenard tweeted. Uh, about it. I put it in my ass scene on social story at the very end as a tease. He said I'm back this week. He said COVID had me, but now he, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that he's basically out of COVID's clutches. I, I wonder how bad he was sick, if at all. That's Or maybe not, he was just testing. Maybe he had some symptoms and maybe he just wasn't testing positive. But, maybe, you know, even, even if you don't, I think you have to go so many days without symptoms. I mean, obviously that could change, mm-hmm. but you Maybe he was still having symptoms. Well, and, and I don't want to assume he was positive. You could say COVID had me because, look, I tested positive asymptomatic, and it has me. Like, I have to <laughs> sit because I tested positive. I have I'm, the piece of paper that says I was positive. I'm taking it as we could see him again. And he's still the Texan sack leader even after missing two more games in addition to the other games that he missed earlier. And he sees Michael Dwumfor making plays, and he's like, i got <laughs> to get back out there. found it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. According to reports, Philip Dorff said he could miss the final two games of the season. He had an ankle injury. He left the game. According to reports, he could be out, which if that's true, that's a shame because he had three games with over 100 yards receiving. But like we talked about, if some other guys could make it back mm-hmm. onto the active roster, Brandon Cooks being one of them. And then Danny Amendola, who quietly arrived – at practice last week, was designated a return. We're all sort of hoping that he would have been able to play. He is on the active roster because he was in, inactive right. uh, for Sunday's game. So maybe he just wasn't quite ready. But maybe you see those guys back out there. Two more big targets. Nick, Nick Casario visited with Johnny and I, and that's on YouTube right now, I believe. But uh, and we'll have it on the air tomorrow on the on the show here. But he said he didn't talk about Amadola specifically, but mm-hmm. he talked about guys who they put on the active roster who are coming back from various things who were possibly available Sunday morning, but they ended up inactive. You know, uh, they, they had some flexibility there with players being inactive who might have been able to contribute had they needed them to. Because this thing goes all the way up to Sunday morning, right, with the testing and whatever. And I don't know who's being tested, who's not, but enough people are being tested where teams have to think about all the contingencies. And he credited Jeff Kaplan as much as anybody for getting the information to them as quickly as possible, as cleanly as possible, so they can make decisions. You know, we talked about it with Cully. It's not like, oh, after the game, who's hurt, who might not be available this week, maybe he can go, maybe he can't. This is, like I said, it's COVID roulette. You know, any day someone's number could come up. You have a Carson Wentz, oh, my gosh, what are we going to (laughs) do? You have a Bruce Arians pop positive, oh, wow, we got to go to a backup coach. That's been happening all around the league. It's a big problem here because – it ruined, I think, two primetime games, the last two, Sunday oh, Night sure. Football and Monday Night and Football. Yeah, COVID ruined these games. And you just can't have that as a league, and I get it. It's more important to deal with the pandemic. But this, to me, and I know last year I had all kooky scheduling, but it was all during, I, I, I felt like it was all a midseason thing. Now you're getting, Then they got it under control. Right. Right. Now, But this is a different variant, and even right. though people are vaxxed, you know, the rest of the story. 
and down the stretch we come with this going on. I feel like it's almost bubble time for this Ooh. for some of these teams, and they're basically semi bubbled anyway. They're all in these advanced proto- protocols. You're not supposed to go out to dinner or go out to the clubs or do anything like that. You got to stay clean. You got to stay negative here so you can continue to play. The the interesting thing about the inactives list, I, and this is something I, I'd want to ask Nick Casario, is that the Chargers had no inactives heading into the game. Yeah. And everybody was active. That was weird. So what's the number? Like, you can bring up so many guys. I know the Texans brought up, like, 11 players mm. from practice squads. So is that why they had to place some players as inactive? Because you, had, you just had more bodies that were available to you? Yeah, they had some uh... – they had some bodies they brought up, and they just had more bodies than the Chargers, right? And they maxed out the, uh, you know, because you can bring forty six to forty eight up, you know, on game day, and if they're not from your active roster, then you have to, you know, deactivate some players. With the Chargers, they had everybody active uh, that was on their active roster, and they brought up whoever else. Uh, and I remember looking at the Chargers situation, and there were enough names there where it was significant. And then with the Texans roster, I am writing stuff in. Now, I know these guys, right, most of them. But I'm writing numbers in. I mean, it just it's scribblicious. It was- <laughs> just scribbling and scribbling and scribbling. And, you know, some of these guys are making plays, you know, like the week before, Chris Smith. You know, he's easy to recognize. He's easy to recognize after he gets a sack and he rubs his belly. I'm, I know yeah. it's a Chris Smith sack. I mean, that, yeah, now Signature we, celebration. we know him. We, we know, know him now. <laughs> He's been around for a couple of games. That's the first time I think I've looked at a roster in the press box and had to flip it over to the practice squad guys mm-hmm. to see. And I think the kicker, Dominic Everly, was still not on there because he had been added so late yep. in the week. He's number him? 16. I mean, how tremendous is that? I, you know, When that first one, the extra point went to like, the course, uprights. Of course they're going to make this poor guy who's never kicked an NFL field goal kick from over 50 yards for his first attempt. But he well, made it. Coach said he was nailing them in practice. He was. And that's yeah. why he uh, he went with it. He said if he was missing some of those, he would have thought differently. But he felt confident, and he went with it. Yeah. And, I mean, he could play again on Sunday if Kaimi Fairbairn is not cleared. And, you know, it just it, – you're right. Like, I think for these playoff teams, like just watching the Saints-Dolphins game last night, you just think if they just didn't have, like, their fourth-string quarterback in the game, they just couldn't get anything going on offense. The Dolphins must have been so happy. Can you imagine that? You get a break like that. They're playing – you know, I think the Saints signed an offensive lineman like that morning that they were playing. I mean, it was yeah. a disaster for them, and they needed that one bad. But I was happy for the Dolphins. Good for you guys, you know. And since they played the Texans, they've won seven in a row. They look really – look, they don't no look team has great ever, to me. No, but no team has ever done that. Lost seven in a row and, and then, then won, won seven in a row. And if they make the playoffs, that's definitely going to be a first. It, right now, if the season ended today, which obviously it doesn't, they would be in the playoffs. So I'm eager to see what they do. I don't think they're that good, but they're winning games and good for them. I mean, I'd love to be eight and seven right now. Are you kidding? I would too. It was funny to see all the former Texans in on that game. Texan, and when I say former, I mean like they were here at the beginning of the season, like in camp. Bradley Roby, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay was running the ball for the Dolphins. Wow, it's crazy. The all reject Texans team <laughs> has some notable names on it. Every every game I watch, I'm like, oh, that guy was with us in camp. But you know what? I feel like we're going to know a lot of players after this year because we've had so many players. Lindsey was doing a post-game interview on national television last <laughs> night. I'm thinking, really? Really? Okay. But you know what? 
You didn't have a buck 49 like Rex. No, you didn't. That's all I got to say. And he's up for like Pepsi ground player of the week or offensive player. Go get it, Rexy. I hope he gets it. Good for him. We had him on the player show a few weeks ago. How about all the national love the Texans are getting? Like I have the monitor on in my (laughs) office and I'm just soaking it up yesterday. Everyone's talking about the Texans and the smart people are saying, look, because You'll have these these talking head shows, and somebody will say, well, the Chargers didn't have Nick, uh, Joey Bosa. Right. They didn't have this and that. And then you know somebody will bounce back with, hey, the Texans were missing like two-thirds of their team right. since opening day, okay? So no, no, no. You don't get to make excuses if you're the Chargers. And, uh, yeah, so they straightened them out. That was pretty good. Hey, you know, when the Chargers, when, I was, when we were talking about them last week, you look at their roster and their offensive numbers, and I thought, how have they lost six games? Like, Justin Herbert was playing out of his mind defense. this year. Yeah, they're not but that then, good on defense. And but, Staley is a defensive they, coach. Well, then they, and they struggled, they struggled on offense, too. I mean, yeah. they struggled. They, they've won games by taking the ball away. That's it. They're they're the number one strip-sacking team in the league. And, but Bosa's the big, but because of Bosa. biggest part of that. And that's how they've won games. They've got the ball out. But they didn't do it with the Texans, so the te- you know the Texans just ran the ball well, balanced attack on offense, really effective attack, and on defense, you know, takeaways. Well, the Texans didn't have to face a Bosa last week, but they'll be facing a Bosa this week, unless things change otherwise. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's look at this 49ers team and what the latest is with their quarterback situation. It's all coming up next on Texans All Access. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. For our best deals of the season, check out the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. With winner-only savings on all Hyundai vehicles and new cars arriving daily, it's the perfect time to get a Hyundai. It's your journey. Own it at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR for up to 48 months, plus zero payments for 90 days on select models. Hurry in during the final days of the Getaway Sales Event. For well-qualified buyers only, offers end one Call 469-613-0227 for more details. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Endorsement. Don't miss a moment of your Houston Texans 365 days a year. Download the Houston Texans mobile app. The Texans are headed to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Final road game of the season out on the West Coast. It's a 3 o'clock kick. I think I kind of like 3 o'clock kicks, Mark. I like having the day to just sort of get ready and get to watch Watch the what? noon games. I know. No. I do no, like it. No, I like no, to sleep no, in no. a little bit. And I like to get up and watch some football. And then I like to prep for my pregame show while watching a little bit of football. I do hate staying super late. That's the thing. I do hate that. So it's like you pick your poison. Either you start early or you stay late. I bet if you could poll fans here at NRG, a lot of fans would feel the way you do about 3 o'clock kicks. They would say, yeah, let's go Leisurely start o'clock. to my day. Yeah, because – Noon, you know, I grew up on the East Coast, so everything is 1 o'clock there with NFL starts, and it just seemed very manageable. Yes. Noon is like morning still. Yes. Right? You know, so on a Sunday especially. So you're right, it is early, but, you know, for working in this business, I love the nooner. 
Are you kidding? Yeah. I get I wake up, have breakfast, game time. Let's go. And then after the game, it's already dinner time after you've written your article and good to go. <laughs> Did you um, watch the night game? Then well, and you know, the, you can sample some of the afternoon games too when you're at home, which is kind of cool. Uh I always love doing that watching a little red zone when I get home if I get home in time for that. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I the West Coast games are weird though because for anybody anywhere east, which is mm-hmm. most teams traveling there, uh, you know, you're coming back, reverse body clock, uh, Monday is different, but le- these are luxury problems. We get to go to these games for the most part. Now, the radio crew is not on the charter anymore because Ooh. they squeezed the tiers to make it very small, small group traveling. And so now we're going commercial. We're going to fight the masses and travel commercial. <laughs> I will I will be sending out thoughts and prayers for your Thank flight, you. for yep. your flight crew, that they stay well, healthy. Well, that's the other thing. Like, and that I've, they show up. Because yeah, you've got I've, a Monday morning radio show, right? Oh, yeah. We're, we're going all night on the uh, red eye. Directly then, into the studio? Rolling right in here. Depositing yourself in the studio. I will look so fabulous on Monday morning. It's going to be great. So Especially fresh. if you get another Happy New Year call because the Merry Christmas is still doing a little number on your vocal cords, isn't it? Uh, well, you know what? It's funny because, like, the warmth in Houston and then the allergies kick up, that combined with Sunday's game, I just wasn't ready for it. My voice just blew out. You know, if it was I a, loved the calls, though. I you. loved it. Well, at least at least I got it done during the game, which is what matters most, right? Yes. You know, yes. so those those calls, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun, man. It was a great game for that, you know, just – and seeing the fans happy. Andre Johnson in the McNair suite with 50 Cent. 50 Cent. <laughs> you know, all the celebs. Simone. Simone celebrating. You know, when you, when you think about, you know, this is the L.A. Chargers, but we're in Houston and we got the celebs. Yeah. That was cool. And had the big blowout win. And it was just wonderful. What a wonderful day that was. And we needed a day like that. And hopefully, hopefully we get another one in the season finale when the Titans come. I would love it to be set up. So the Texans could possibly knock the Titans out. That would be awesome. I think it's going to be tough to do. Well, the Texans can definitely play spoiler. I think them beating the Chargers really hurts the Chargers quite a bit. It's such a tight race, both AFC and NFC. And the 49ers, they need to win their final two games, and then they can solidify their chances. So if they lose to the Texans. I don't then, know if that knocks them out, but I it don't, might. It doesn't knock them out, but then their destiny is out of their control. I think then yeah. they might need to have a few things happen. But right now they control their destiny. They do. They can win, but they hold a tiebreaker over a couple of other teams. They have the Rams last, okay? Yeah. But I think they own the Rams, but uh, good luck with that. Because with the Garoppolo situation, this is interesting from a prep standpoint. You know, how do you handle that? So... I'm looking forward to it. Let's uh, let's see if they can have some fun out there. Like we said, their defense is better. They got all those playmakers on offense, man. Oh man, they got Debo and they've. I mean, Ayuk and Kittle, and they are loaded. But without Garoppolo to get them the ball, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, that was actually something I was talking to Kiana Martin. She's the 49ers Ooh, senior reporter. Say? I asked her about Garoppolo. She thinks that she she says, well, it could change obviously tomorrow, but she. Feels like Kyle Shanahan. It could be one of those things where he'll just let it go up until game day, and just let it be a game quote game time decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. It just seems like if you've got a what is it a thumb sprain in your throwing hand, and she said that when he came out in the second half um, against the Titans, he threw a pick right away. So he just didn't look right. He just didn't look right right away mm-hmm. um, after because I think he suffered the thumb injury on a sack in the second quarter, but he still came out and played, but he just didn't look like himself. So I don't know. Can your thumb heal that quickly in a week? I suppose it could. Well, if it's ligament damage, no. It's not 
it, yeah, and I feel like they're going to put the guy out there that's going to give him the best chance to win. And mm-hmm. while we may think it's Garoppolo because he's a starter, if he's not the Garoppolo that they want to see, if he's not a healthy Garoppolo, then that's time for Trey Lance. So I want Lance because I want you this. See him. I want rookie versus rookie. I want Mills number against two the overall. Rookie. Well, yeah, because <laughs> look, you had Mills versus Mac Jones. Obviously, Mills lost, but Mills put up good numbers right. in that game overall. Mills against Trevor Lawrence, victory. Now I know the quarterbacks don't play each other. It's a team game. But it's good Please. to compare. But you can compare the two. Trey Lance this year, fifty-two percent completion rate, three touchdowns, one pick. All right. Now he can run the ball a little bit, but it hasn't been crazy. Now against Arizona, he ran sixteen times for eighty-nine yards. Okay, seven for forty-one against the Seahawks. Okay, so he's got thirty for one thirty-seven. So it is definitely a factor him running with the ball, but he hasn't played that much, and I think that that's going to help the Texans. He's played in five games, but he's only started the one when mm-hmm. they faced the Cardinals. And in the start, if you just look at the numbers that he had in the game that he started, mm-hmm. fifteen of twenty-nine for one hundred ninety-two yards, no touchdowns, one interception, two sacks, fifty-eight point four passer rating. Now, with that being said. He has improved. It's it's a lot like Davis Mills. Like Davis Mills earlier in the season versus Davis Mills now, a lot of improvement. Trey Lance, he's been getting scout team reps. He's been getting a lot of work. He got first team reps in practice on Monday. So he's going to get the majority of reps probably this week as Garoppolo gets looked at. But he's probably better than he was the last time he started a game. But even that being said, I, I'm with you. I mean, I do want to see Trey Lance. I think it's – I like when a guy like Davis Mills, who's a third-round pick, when he beat Trevor Lawrence – Right. You know, it makes it look like what's the point in drafting a quarterback high when you can get a, a guy and we you look really smart, right? You yeah. can get a quarterback in the third round. Now people were killing the Texans for picking a quarterback in the third round, but you know, what if it turns out to be the right decision after all and and he's someone that you can really grow with into at least the near term future. Well, people were asking me all along, you know, do I think he's going to be the guy? And I think that's a, you know, a big question. Daniel Huge. Jeremiah yeah. was here in the building. You know, he works for NFL Network, evaluates talent. He's a big draft expert. He does the color for the Chargers on the radio. So I saw him on Sunday. And after the game, he said, Davis Mills is your quarterback. Ooh. Next year, there's no question. I, I, mean, I, I mean, is there, is there going to be somebody in the draft or in free agency that's going to be I wouldn't better? be surprised if they drafted somebody, but I don't think it'll be high. If Unless Mills falls off a cliff here in production and he, and you, he shows you some things that you're just totally uncomfortable with. But I want to see him even get better. You know what I mean? He's a guy who tends to improve, so improve even more, you know, or just play well in these last two games to remove any kind of doubt. And I'm not saying there is doubt. I don't know how they really feel about this stuff behind closed doors. But, look, you'd love to have this sort of solved. And by solved, I mean you just feel comfortable going into year 2022 with him. Yeah. It's just one less thing you got to worry about in the draft. The one thing I like about Davis Mills when he talks, he talks about how now he's seeing stuff that he's seen before and he recognizes it and he can adjust a little bit faster. He talked about it in the Jacksonville game as well. I mean, he had mentioned, did he mention this in a press conference or did he mention it in Deep Slant that he's got a really good memory? That's huge. Yeah. Like now as he builds up his memory bank of plays mm-hmm. and looks, he's he should only get better if he doesn't make the same mistake twice. The throw to Nico, it was a running play and he Ooh. checked into it. And that's what you're supposed to do in this offense. That's what you're supposed to do. But okay. I don't know. Are they upset about that? Don't go for the <laughs> touchdown. But look, you want... Bump Phillips said, what did he say, right? Two kinds of players aren't, I'm going to paraphrase this, uh-huh. aren't worth damn. All right, one that, 
One that never does what he's told and one that only does what he's told, right? And you don't want either? Is that the point of that? What you want is, no, you want one. All right, so, yeah, exactly. You, you want one. Wait a minute. Yeah. So one that never does what he's told and one that only does what he's told. You don't want either of those guys. You want one that does what he's told but occasionally goes above and beyond Uh and makes a decision for himself to make something spectacular happen. You know, they have to be able to – it's not freelance, but they've got to be able to be creative and make plays, especially at that position where you have some autonomy at the line of scrimmage to make decisions that affect the outcome and you see something that's just not right or you think something else is going to work better. This is why they got him, because he's got that brain that is able to do this. Now, the processing has to happen very quickly in the execution and all that. On that play, it did. Let's see if it can happen more I think that also builds confidence, too, when you get to go out there and freelance and make a decision. That means you've got the confidence to do it, which I think – I think for quarterbacks, that's the, that's the big thing. They got to just get to the point where they feel confident, and they're not second guessing or worrying about what's going to happen, where the pressure is coming from. They can just go out there and play ball and play backyard football, or or however they view it. And, and I think that him checking in and in or out of plays with that much ease just shows that he's kind of growing in his confidence. Here's a question for you, though. We talk about draft. I'm very curious. Like I look at the 49ers. They've got Debo Samuel, who's got. 12 touchdowns. He leads the team in rushing touchdowns as a wide receiver. Yeah, I know. And then he's got five receiving touchdowns. He also had 159 yards receiving uh, against the Titans. What say you about <laughs> drafting guys that are like Swiss, like Cordero I Patterson? Love I love it. Like, are we trending in the direction where we're just going to get a guy who will just line up and he'll be really good as a running back, he'll be really good as a wide receiver? Like, yeah. I feel like, is that where we're headed? I, it seems like those teams are so successful that if you can find a guy like that. I feel like A.J. Brown was used like that initially, and now he's more of a little bit of a traditional receiver, but a really good one. And A.J. Brown's ability physically reminds me a little bit of Andre Johnson. Physically, mm-hmm. okay? I'm not saying he's Andre Johnson, but you know he's a big, strong guy, can make people pay when he gets yak or attempts to get yak. Now, as far as uh, what you just said, LaVisca Chenault is one of those guys to me, yes. you know, a guy who can make plays in a variety of ways. You can hand off to him. You can do you can do things with him with the football. So, yeah, I want to see more of that. I love that Traymon Smith. We talked about it with uh, Tavier that he got the ball the other day. You know, and I think when you do stuff like that, the opponent's got to be ready. They got to prepare. They got to prepare for that much more stuff in their game plan every single week. All right, mm-hmm. it's just curious. Something to watch for. I'm gonna ask Johnny when we get into the draft season about guys like that who potentials might be. All right, let's take a break. We've got one final segment. We're gonna go around the NFL. Some interesting news coming out of the Colts, and it's not just about Carson Wentz. Could they be bringing back a familiar face oh, at boy. quarterback on Sunday? It's all coming up. One final segment of Texans All Access. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. Going somewhere? The Texans mobile app. Don't leave home without it. 
Texans All Access rolls on. We go around the NFL. All right, the Colts, unless you're living under a rock, they placed Carson Wentz on the COVID reserve list today. They're 9-6. and six. They're facing an 8-7 and seven Raiders team this week. They're in the middle of a playoff push. If they win on Sunday against the Raiders, they can clinch an AFC, spot, AFC uh, playoff spot. Mm-hmm. But now they could be without their starting quarterback. Um, they so, will be without him because he's unvaccinated. He, that's true. But I th- now, if he, but we don't know if he has it or if he was uh, a close contact. I think when you get placed on the COVID reserve list, I think that's it. If you're you unvaxed, just, but yeah. I, I don't know. Look, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how the unvaxed situation works. And then with the league and the CDC, I'm assuming he's out. Protocols. All right. So according to Zach Kiefer of the Indianapolis Star, there is a possibility of bringing back Philip Rivers. He tweeted that it's being discussed. So smart because he's been coaching high school football, right? <laughs> but if he's Wait, in shape. Are you being sarcastic? Well, I didn't oh, okay. say because. I have to continue with oh, that. Oh, okay, go ahead. It's because, you know, it started with here's what he's been doing, <laughs> but he's got to be in shape. If he's in shape, maybe, just maybe, he's the right guy to put in there as opposed to, you know, whoever, Ian Book equivalent. Uh, you don't want to have to do that. Rivers knows the offense, just played in it last year. Now, hasn't been practicing, hasn't been throwing. That's a big deal, DP, especially at his age. I'm not so sure it's going to look so pretty. This guy is in Ben Roethlisberger's class, after all. Roethlisberger, <laughs> Eli Manning, he's that old. Been around that long. And he does know that offense, but can he step in and play that well? He can hand off to Jonathan Taylor all day long. That's all he has to do. And if they can protect him, but they got O-line issues too with COVID and other stuff. If they can protect him, maybe he can make enough throws. Maybe. But what does Wentz do very well? He does a number of things very well. He throws that weird pass across his body. He throws (laughs) left-handed interceptions (laughs) at the goal line. No, he's kind of grown out of that this year. They're on a hot streak right now. They look really good. They're a real sexy team right now if he's out there. He moves around better than you think. You know, you think, oh, Wentz, he's a statue. He's not a statue. He can run. He can run outside the pocket. He can do things on the move. Rivers, no. Not even close. So I'm not so sure that's going to work as well as people might dream. Uh, but they got to do something. They got to. Is do he something better creative. than their backup option? Guess what? Josh Johnson unavailable. Oh, I don't know if the Ravens have Sam, moved on. Sam Ellinger is available. Yeah, Sam Ellinger is on their Ellinger. roster and he can start. But he might might be. And I, look, do you I know Longhorn. Would... I don't want to say anything blasphemous okay. here. <laughs> he might be the Ian Book equivalent of what you saw Monday Night Football against the Dolphins. I'm not saying he's terrible. He might not be ready. But you know what? He can do. He can run with the football. You know, he can make plays with his legs. So you run with Jonathan Taylor. Maybe you, you roll out Ellinger. You make plays like that. I'm not so sure how it's going to go. But, but will he throw fewer or more interceptions than Phillip Rivers? Because I feel like that's something I remembered about Ellinger in camp is that he was throwing a lot of picks. Could. He was throwing a lot of picks. But Phillip Rivers last year in his first game against Jacksonville, that was the that was the only win that Jacksonville had last year was Phillip Rivers. Like, what if he's going to knock off the rust? You need to have him for a couple of games, and then you're counting on him to make the playoffs, and then you bring him back, and you, you would have been better off just maybe sticking with the guys that you had. Reportedly, Rivers said no to the Saints, right? Oh. And who else said no to the Saints? It wasn't Brett Favre. Drew Brees? No. <laughs> yeah, it was Drew Brees. It was Drew Brees. He said no really? to the Saints. Yeah, because they, they kicked the tires on both those guys because they knew that they were in dire straits, and they clearly were based Why on would last Drew Brees, do you think, is he's just like, I'm done? I'm, I, what if he done. came back and it was a bad? So done. I feel like he could have Well, they me. know what they're playing behind with that offensive line Ooh. and the issues they were having, right? Yeah. And it's 
it's easier said than done. You don't just step in like, oh, hi, guys, like you're playing tennis with your buddies. You know, it's not, it's not like I'm back. that. It's NFL football. They are there to take your head off. All right, lots to look forward to as we approach Sunday's game and lots to look forward to with Texans replay. John Harris has it up next. Lots to remember and relive what some, some great moments from Sunday's win against the Chargers. That's coming up next. That's going to do it for Texans All Access. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. You know what having fun your way is really like? It's never-ending options and rewards at over 50 destinations nationwide. It's Caesars Rewards. Dine at Hell's Kitchen at Caesars Palace, Las Vegas. Party the night away at Harris, New Orleans. Or bet big on table games at Horseshoe, Bossier City. With Caesars Rewards, you earn benefits for every way you play. Book your trip at Caesars.com and sign up for Caesars Rewards today. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.